Okay, so as we mentioned, today being a special day, we have the guidance of St. Ambrose, one of the original doctors of the church. Remember, there's only a handful of the tens of thousands of saints and the billions of people that have lived over the centuries. We only have a handful of doctors. He's one of them. He actually baptized St. Augustine. And I think, I have to check on this, but he may have also baptized St. Jerome. So what a quite an incredible uh, example for us to follow and his enlightening us to the truth. Because remember, we can't love what we don't know. So the more we know God, the more we can love him. And that's why St. Ambrose is so powerful. But also today, as I mentioned, we celebrate uh, the 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Um, the sacrifice that was given. Um, I heard Chris Bierman say on TV yesterday, it was so nice to finally see um, a secular news station recognize uh, something so important instead of this cancel culture. And, and he said, uh, to God bless all from that generation, they just don't make them like that anymore. And um, we stood united in defense of freedom, the freedoms that we are is so in jeopardy of losing today. So let us please remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Remember, no greater love hath a man than to lay down his life for another. And as I also mentioned earlier today, uh, December the 7th, tomorrow ends the year of St. Joseph. And uh, it finishes. And there's a lot of people who have been saying, and you know, you gotta be very careful when you listen to a lot of the uh, prophecy. I mean, let us stick with scripture and church teaching for, predominantly, but sometimes the Lord um, does allow things to be known through modern day prophets and, and, and whatnot. And a lot of people have been saying that, again, the Lord's mercy has been very abundant in this year of St. Joseph. So if there is anything in our lives that we've been trying to change or weed out, um, let's work on trying to, to, to really commit today and tomorrow because this ends the year of St. Joseph and many have been saying there's been a lot of graces in this year. I have never seen a year like this in my life for the number of deaths. I have personally incurred and known more people, and I'm not just talking about COVID, talking about through accidents, through cancer, through natural death, through pneumonia, through causes of every kind. I have never, I think I've experienced more death this year than probably the last 20 years combined. I've never seen anything like it. Not just knowing people, but people who've told me that they've lost loved ones, myself, my family, several of our employers, uh, God bless Zeke, one of my good friends, he lost both his parents. I honestly believe that part of that is because the year of St. Joseph, St. Joseph is a happy death. St. Joseph is the patron of a happy death. And so is it possible that so many people were brought home by our Lord in this year so that St. Joseph could offer them a happy death, especially ones that maybe have been away from the faith, uh, maybe not practicing, but with that intercession of St. Joseph, we don't know, but this year comes to an end tomorrow. So let us not forget St. Joseph today, right? Taking advantage of that. And it all ties to this message of the sheep. Why? Because God has given any possible way for us sheep who stray all the time to be brought back into his fold. St. Joseph is a perfect example of that. God using St. Joseph to bring us back into the fold. You know, the love of God 
is tailored to the individual. You know, 99 sheep out of 100 were not enough for God. Basically, the shepherd, like Jesus is here, the good shepherd, could not rest until he had all of them brought back home safely. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like a large family um, that a parent might have. You know, these beautiful Catholic families with 12 kids, but yet they're devastated if they lose one. They don't say, well, gee, I have 11 more at home. It's devastating. And this is how a good father is that we have in God. So anyway, the love of God in this example of the shepherd is patient. Patient love. And you can look at that. Why? Because sheep, sheep are foolish. Uh, the reason, I think the reason God uses sheep as examples is because um, they're foolish creatures. They get lost often. Um, we are the same way. We're apt um, to get lost ourselves, or if we don't get lost, we get impatient with those who do. Um, you know, that's very common. Um, when, when our friends get into trouble, a lot of times if it's ourselves, we don't see it. But if it's others, we say, well, gee, it's their own fault. They, they brought it upon themselves. Um, I, I've heard myself say that too, myself, you know, that, um, we reap what we sow. I remember, um, a situation with a friend that got himself in a lot of trouble. And I remember saying, well, they, they're reaping what they sow. And then I started thinking, gee, I hope I don't have to reap what I sowed because I've done and said some stupid things. Um, and so, no, we want to be patient like the shepherd. Um, you know, it's funny because the sheep might be foolish, but the shepherd will still risk everything to go save it. That's the message I think God gives us here. Um, men, basically, we can be fools, but God loves the foolish man just as much as the wise. Um, even if he has no money to blame but himself, God still loves that lost sheep. So this is what the message is here today. So the love of God is also um, seeking. It goes out. You know, the shepherd was not content to wait for the sheep to come back on its own. He went looking for it. Um, that is what the Jew could not understand about the Christian idea of God. This is important. The Jews believed that the only way a sinner was reconciled to God is if the sinner came crawling back to God. So for this God like Jesus to go after this sinner was almost unheard of. That's one of the reasons why the Jews couldn't understand Jesus. Because to them, if they're going to be reconciled with God, they got to come crawling back on their hands and knees. And Jesus is the one that's going out. I don't know if Brother Mark can zoom in on the image of divine mercy. If you look at the image of divine mercy, what have I always pointed out? The left foot stepping forward in every version, the Hyla, the skimp, the Vilnius image. In every image, Jesus is stepping forward. He is going to us. He's coming after us. This is what divine mercy is such a unique devotion. It's not about just our devotion to God. It's about God's devotion to us. And that's what the good shepherd is. He comes searching after us. So in that image, we see Christ coming after us. <clears throat> this is so important. This is, I think, the whole message. Now, the love of God is also rejoices. What do we mean by that? All right. Here in this story, this little two verses, you know, the gospel reading today was only two verses. And basically, it's nothing but joy. 
there are no conditions. There's no receiving back with a grudge. I know myself and others when we were kids and, and it would always be like you felt conditional. You know, like you would be forgiven, but you had to do this, this, and this. And, and there's, there's some wisdom to that. We can't just give a free ticket to a child who refuses to acknowledge authority or obey. But yet our Lord gives us as adults not conditions here. He gives us unconditional love. Remember, I've always, I learned this from Father um, uh, down at one of the CFRs, uh, uh, Father um, down at, uh, in New Jersey, uh, Father, um, boy, I'm drawing a blank on his name. And anyway, he would always say, divine mercies is, is overabundant, undeserved, and unconditional. I think that summarizes it beautifully. Overabundant, undeserved, and unconditional. That's what our Lord is saying here. You know, a lot of times we give a moral lecture and indication um, that this person is not worthy of our forgiveness, but we'll forgive them. We'll take them back. But then we feel like we have this moral superior, superiority over them. So that's what Jesus did. You know, it is human not to forget and to remember things that people have hurt. You know, even when you reconcile with somebody, I've noticed this in the past, and I know I've done it myself too, sadly. And that is maybe you've had some rift with somebody, and then you come back together, you, you, you reconcile, right? You, you make it up, and, and you're okay, and time goes on another year or two, and then all of a sudden, you have another disagreement, and then they bring back up that thing from years ago. And you realize it really never was forgotten. Even though we said it was forgotten and we reconciled, all of a sudden, three years later down the road, what do they do? They bring up that exact same thing from the past. I know I've done it. And that's exactly what hurts because it was like, no, in the confessional, when we're forgiven, God doesn't bring that sin up anymore. Even Satan can't bring that sin up anymore. If your sin is confessed, only thing Satan can bring up at you at your judgment is unconfessed sins. If you've gone to confession and you forgive or you've confessed that sin, even Satan can't bring it up against you. So please, in this Advent season, get to confession. I think this is so powerful. You know, somebody the other day said to me, the problem with our society is it doesn't forget, especially with social media now, be careful because something from years in the past will come back and bite you. And this person said a phrase I'll always remember. They said, everything in our society today, everything is permissible, but nothing is forgivable. What does that mean? That means society is like, oh yeah, we're doing this. Go ahead, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And then you're 20 years old and you make a mistake and you have a beer and you get arrested and, or a DUI and now somebody, you go to, for a job and they do a background check and now you're not going to get the job. Yeah, society tells you drink, party, have a good time. So everything's permissible. Then all of a sudden you do and 20 years later you're still paying. I have a good friend in North Carolina that very lightweight, very thin, so just a couple of beers and he was over the legal limit. 
not even fully intoxicated, just what do they call it, impaired or hindered or whatever it is, just barely. He says it's ruined his life. He can't get a job. Everything's background checked. And, and there's sense to that. I, I, I know that. I understand that. But everything is permissible. Yes, enjoy life. But nothing's forgivable. He says his life is ruined. He just can't. Everything comes up now. And so we have to be, we have to understand this. Let us not condemn in that sense. If a person is asking forgiveness, let us forgive. Let us start over. Let us be what Jesus is with like the shepherd here. And so anyway, to finish, I think this is, this is very important because God puts our sins behind his back. And when we return to him, he forgets. So the biblical heroes like Moses and David and Amos, they were all shepherds. What a great example today in this reading because these were all people who were shepherds. Did you know Moses and David, these guys were shepherds. So what was new in Jesus' teaching is that we're sinners must be sought out time and again. Not just them coming to God, but God coming to them. You know, we're distracted easily in this world today. We can easily become prey to those who want to destroy us, the, the wolves. What is it? Satan is like a lion prowling about the world, looking, seeking the ruin of souls. And so Peter says this in Scripture, the devil prowls like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Don't be caught off guard. You know, um, sometimes we can be distracted. Um, I was just reading uh, for a passage today, and I was looking for a passage in the Diary of St. Faustina that would fit this reading, and I came across another one just down in the sacristy two minutes before I came up here. And there was a passage, 1689, I think it was, or 1683. And Jesus says, I quickly leave the soul that is preoccupied with anyone or anything else. I went, whoa. How many of us are preoccupied with someone or something else? And Jesus says, I quickly leave those souls. So as soon as we turn back to him, we open ourselves up. He will come seek us, find us, if we want to be found. You think these sheep wanted to be found? Absolutely they did. They were scared to death. Sheep get disoriented. They get lost. They, they, they panic. The one difference here between these sheep and the others who are not rescued is they want to be found. So that message to me was just that we prepare ourselves so that God, when he seeks us, we want to be found. Are we hiding from him? Are we hiding in the house of other people, things, or materialistic things? Or are we going to come out of those houses and be found by God? I think that's very, very important. So anyway, many follow those other things as if they were the shepherd. Not following God, but the creature or the created thing. And so when the real trial comes, they are abandoned. Because those other things are not going to be your shepherd. Only Jesus is going to be your shepherd. That's why mercenaries, we talk about in wartime, a war today, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Mercenaries never worked. Those were paid soldiers. They didn't have a cause to die for. Unlike that great generation of World War II here in America that had something to die for. You know, a mercenary runs away when times get tough. And so will a false shepherd. 
like other people or material goods. Those aren't your true shepherd. Only Jesus is. And so it is not enough to not cause someone to fall away. We must seek them out like Jesus does. You want to be like Jesus? You want to get to heaven? You got to be like Jesus. You want to be like Jesus? Seek others out, the lost sheep. Former members of the church who are no longer here remain our responsibility. We are the ones. And if you can't talk to them about it because they get very agitated, you can pray for them, right? It is not the will of the Father that one of these little ones be lost. Hmm, I'll finish with this. It does seem kind of contrary, uh, contradictory, doesn't it? Um, the will of the Father sometimes doesn't happen then because we know there are people who are lost. St. John Damascene, though, said, it's not because God wants it, but sometimes God allows it because they didn't want to be found goes back to the whole message. He will allow sometimes our free will to determine our own destiny. So let us today ask for the intercession of St. Ambrose. This is a powerful saint who baptized St. Augustine. Let ourselves be baptized into the life of Christ to be followers of his family, and most of all, to be sheep within his fold. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.